Welcome to the Persistence You podcast with Lisbeth, and that's you as in university. But we're much more of a community here. I'm your host, Lisbeth Meredith, author, speaker, and online teacher. Each week, I'll be delivering stories from amazing survivors and strivers, all threaded together with a dose of persistence. So glad you're listening. I hear a lot from writers who are about to become authors. What do I do before I publish? What are the things I should be working on before I get my last edits in? Well, have I got a surprise for you. I have a freebie today. Look on show notes for the link that will help you know what to do to get your stuff taken care of concurrently while you're getting those last edits in. So you're not caught with your pants down, figuratively speaking. So be prepared, concurrently plan, and enjoy my download for you at lameredith.com under show notes. Greetings, persisters and brothers. Today, I am very honored that Nicole Spindler is with us. When Nicole's father was diagnosed with a rare type of cancer that appeared initially to be hopeless, Nicole realized that she had a choice even back then. She could drown in sorrow or seize the time as a transformative period of growth, and she chose the latter. By day today, Nicole is an HR professional in Pittsburgh, like her dad, and by now, and by night, rather, she's a writer and the author of the book Beyond Life's Moments, an empowering outlook on transcending unexpected setbacks. Thank you so much for being here, Nicole. Welcome to Persistence You, and please tell us about yourself and that journey to that started with your father's diagnosis. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me and for that lovely introduction. So a little bit about me. Um, I, you know, like you mentioned, um, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh and um, I graduated two years ago in 2019 from John Carroll University in Cleveland, Ohio. And I did follow my father's footsteps career wise and decided to major in human resources. And I, you know, Although I love Cleveland, I decided to come back to the city of Pittsburgh, um, where I reside and work um, for a bank in human resources, um, specifically um, in recruiting. Um, but one thing that really, um, you know, although I didn't have, I don't have a degree in it, although I never majored or mired in it, um, I've always had this underlying passion for storytelling and writing. And for me, writing has not only been an interest of mine or an activity, it's actually been really a way of life for me and an intrinsic part of my identity. And writing got me through my dad's extreme rare battle with cancer, um, which took place in 2012. Um, and actually, like on his birthday, he found out about this too, um, which is insane. Yeah, insanely like unfortunate like he just turned 50 and like you know then he had to share this news with our family but it is um olfactor neuroblastoma is the type of cancer okay so, what the, so there's still even back in you know even to this day because it's been nine years now that he's been you know doing well um and that he had the surgery there's still not much done in terms of research on this particular cancer, because it's not only um, a cancer that forms like in the nose. um, And so it kind of affects his senses, but it also was a type of brain tumor. So it actually went, started in his nose and went all the way up to his brain in the frontal lobe. 
So that's kind of where it formed. Um, and there was only at the time one doctor that was willing to perform the surgery, walk with us into the unknown. And they happened to be at UPMC um, Presbyterian Hospital, which is the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. Oh, that um, is fabulous. Mm-hmm. So of all places, it just happened to be in our hometown that, um, you know, this doctor was just willing to kind of, you know, trial and error with us. Uh, we had no idea like what we were doing, but we put all our faith into him. Um, and, you know, through this experience, yeah, like there, I was terrified when I, you know, that initial moment was so terrifying. And even the the shock of that news, I could still feel like it burning a little bit inside of me, but there wasn't, there was it didn't last long. I think it was, it was very, you know, only being 15, it, wow. that, that pain did not last very long. In fact, it was, I, I thought just suffering with pain wasn't the option. I knew the only really way to really get past this moment, um, go beyond kind of this traumatic experience was not to view it as traumatic, but view it as like, Hey, like, Maybe this is meant to happen to us for a reason. Maybe it's supposed to strengthen our family. Maybe it's going to, you know, lead us to greater and better days. Maybe it's going to lead me to my passions. I had no idea, but I knew. Pretty amazing for a 15-year-old, you know, for <laughs> right. any of us. But certainly at 15, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I just, I, I just never, even growing up, yeah, like I just, I never, I just was taught at such a young age to never view things negatively. Um, I've always just been able to kind of see the positive and always gravitate towards the positive. And, um, it's, it's served me well during that, before that, during that, and even now. Um, and I think it really, I mean, it was very challenging because, you know, you go through so many hurdles, you go through so many ups and downs and you experience a lot of defeat, but it's, you know, it's very easy to succumb to pain. But it's truly more rewarding and meaningful if you can find the joy or those moments of gratitude and resiliency and even like things like even like just your authentic self come through those moments of, you know, bringing to light those challenging chapters in your life. Excellent. How, give us some more information then on how that transformative experience eventually became a book. Yes. So I, so the whole kind of, um, you know, journey that, you know, my dad went on was the whole nine years. It's, you know, it's, he still experienced a lot of like the, you know, long-term consequences, but for me, um, you know, being, you know, the only child at home, you know, and I had an older brother who was off to college. So it was just me, my dad, my mom. And I had, you know, I didn't have a normal like high school experience. I was a student. I was an athlete. Also, I was a caregiver. Um, I just kind of had to grow up really fast. And I had to be extremely brave and tough and kind of not like put out my emotions too much or feel very vulnerable or weak in front of my dad. But the one way that I was able to during that experience, as well as also even through other experiences I've had later in life, is really utilize writing. And so I religiously, like every single day over the years, have written about what happened on certain days, how I felt my thought processes and like kind of like what I was going through. And it ended up at one point um, towards the end of kind of like about six month period. It was like pretty close to after the surgery was done with, you know, my teachers knew what I was going through at school. And um, I had a project where I could actually like write an essay kind of about 
what I was going through. Um, And it was to the point where like, you know, you were supposed to read in front of the class. And I was like, I don't know if I want to, but my teacher was like, well, at least write it. Like, you know, like this could truly be beneficial for you. And like, it could, who knows if you read it aloud, it could actually have a positive impact on other students. You know, you never know. So I ended up kind of writing like kind of very abbreviated version of kind of like my story about what we went through. And, you know, I ended up reading in front of the class and, you know, everyone was kind of blown away by what I've, you know, what I've been through, but also the outlook that I took on it. And then I ended up giving this um, writing project that I did to my dad for Father's Day. Oh. And I've only seen my dad cry like three times in my entire life. And that was one of them. But it was like a happy joyful cry and he 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 holds on he he still holds on to it like he keeps it at his nightstand drawer but like seeing him re seeing him seeing my classmates teachers even a few other people like extended family members I shared that with my writing they all were like blown away by how I've been able to like kind of capture not only that those moments but like the actual like essence of my feelings and my thoughts and like they you know it all had a happy ending, but it was, you know, but they all were like crying afterwards, like completely moved by it. And that's when I kind of knew, you know, I don't know when I was going to write a book, but I kind of knew, you know what, like this story will need to be told more. Like, and I definitely want to pursue the option of writing either a, a bigger essay or a book form of this in the foreseeable future. Oh, that's fantastic. And also hats off to your teacher. I mean, mm-hmm. educators are pretty spectacular, but wonderful that they saw that there was going to be a benefit to you to write this out. We all need an outlet. And there are times where we have to put on a brave face and keep doing what we're doing and not emote all over the place when you're trying to balance school with caregiving and sports. But there has to be a place for those feelings to go. So wonderful. You already were writing, which good on you, but wonderful that they also saw that value. And you then saw that you would have readers who could be moved. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I grew up in kind of a, like a, uh, a community where like that was not talked about that much, you know, like you didn't hear about other people's problems, right. You know, it just wasn't the thing. And I feel like, um, that's what kind of, you know, I think by having the courage to kind of share that in front of a class, even though it was only like 15, it was a very small class, thank goodness. Like it was only 15 of us, but like, you know, having that courage, it really did, you know, help me later on, even through the rest of high school and even college, realize how it, how important it is to be vulnerable and to be transparent. Um, you know, cause you think everyone experiences, but when you go through any challenge or a stressful event, you're like, Oh, poor me. Why is this only happening to me? Right. You know, you kind of have that, you know, you think you're like sure. the victim, but that's not the case. Um, life is full of experiences, full of challenges. Everyone's going to have different ones at some point in their life. Um, and that's kind of how we fuel human connection too. So I right. think that really like, opened my eyes to see that, you know, it's not just like positive, like experiences that we can connect with. It's also transformative and even traumatic experiences that bring out the best of people. Um, you know, it's kind of like when you least expect it. Um, and in fact, like I met, like sharing my story over the years through in college and stuff like that allowed me to gain like probably some of the closest friendships I've ever had. Um, so I think it's, it truly is, you have no idea just how, a plethora of benefits exist um, or positive like repercussions things have just by opening up and being loving and cherishing your story. Being available to that, I, I think it's just fantastic. 
I feel like you're right. We're not very comfortable being vulnerable at times. And depending, especially depending on our culture or where we're living, all of that, there are norms already set that we sort of inherit. And good for you for having the courage to, to alter that because it really does benefit other people. And when you share your story, you've just given them permission, whoever it is that you're sharing your story with, to share their own or to at least think about sharing their own and maybe expose some things that weren't so pleasant, but on the other hand, needed to be expressed. And I think that is a beautiful, beautiful side effect of just being able to be vulnerable and not hoarding your experience, you know? Exactly. No, yeah, I've always, yeah, I was going to say, you should never be able to, you know, hold in your experiences. I mean, you definitely, at the end of the day, like you have to be able to learn from your own experiences first to be able to share what you learned with others. Um, So you kind of have to accept like the challenges that you faced, recognize that they are part of who you are and recognize, hey, like, yeah, this sucked. Yeah, this was a very like deep in the valley like type of moment for me. But like, I've been able to come on the other side of it. Right. I learned, I grew from this and I then use that story to help other people as well. That's kind of like how I view my stories, my experiences. That's kind of like how I kind of utilize them. I love it. That sounds really healthy, very positive. Now, when did your book come out? It was just a few months ago, wasn't it? During the pandemic? I did end up writing most of it. Yes. During the pandemic. And then it came out in December of 2020. So yeah, only about six months ago. That's so exciting. And so your launch type of events, those were online, correct? Correct. Yes. Most of them were, I was going to say, I was able to do a lot of virtual events. Um, I got one or I got actually one coming up soon. Um, now that things are opening up, we're kind of just doing a outside virtual or outside, not virtual, but outside one just with some close friends and family. So that will be really exciting. But that's been, I think, again, it just proves the point during challenging times in our lives, like people can come together, um, you know, and that was one thing I was nervous. I was like, oh, virtual stuff. Like, I don't know if it's going to have the same positive impact, you know, you know, doing like kind of like a launch party event and stuff like that. But I had so many of my really good friends just come out, um, say some really like sweet words, do like a toast for me. Um, It was just really amazing to see so many people, you know, even tell me, like when they started reading my book in December and January, I got messages saying like, I really wish I had this book in March of 2020. Like, why didn't you write this sooner? And I'm like, I was like, I'm sorry, but it's just, it's just the right timing of things. But <laughs> right. so many people said that they wish they could have read this at the beginning of the pandemic. So they could have bodied some of the same lessons or mindset that I had earlier. Um, because everyone probably, everyone knows someone and you probably, everyone at some point probably has experience hitting a very a mental and emotional low point in the last year, right. multiple times. Exactly. Well, that is so exciting. And the good thing about your virtual events is you're able to include people all over the globe. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that even if you start doing your in-person events, you may want to incorporate a hybrid approach and and allow there to be a virtual component to your in-person events because it's it's a universal message you're sharing and it will resonate with a lot of different people. So that's really exciting. Thank you. Yeah. Very exciting. Well, good for you. And so now what are you working on? So right now I've, yeah, I've been doing actually speaking tours. 
Um, so actually, I have done both virtual and in-person speaking tours at several universities, high schools. Now it's kind of, I was going to say, I'm kind of switching over to a little bit more podcasts right now since schools are out and everything like that. Um, but besides kind of continuing doing some speaking events and programming, um, I am, I actually do post um, article series. So currently right now, I'm writing one that's all about kind of, you know, bragging a little bit that Pittsburgh is a pretty good city um, (laughs) and kind of sharing, you know, with connection to my book, you know, sharing like the significance of how Pittsburgh has really saved my life and my family's life more than once. Um, And, you know, so I I highlight some very unique aspects of Pittsburgh. Um, And actually, so that's like one thing I'm kind of posting right now. And then I am in the works as of right now writing a second book. Excellent. And I love that you are going back to pay homage to Pittsburgh because that's a character in your book. It's more than a setting. It sounds like it's a character in your book in the way that Alaska was a character in mine. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a wonderful thing to do. And you bring people to Pittsburgh and then you give them a reference point by your own story. So how neat. Yes. I was going to say it is, you know, like when a place like that to you is like your hometown or has more significance than just like a a memory or just visiting there. Like, yeah, it becomes more than a place. It actually becomes an intrinsic part of your authenticity and your identity. Like I could not imagine myself like living anywhere else or like really calling another place home other than Pittsburgh. Um, and yes, I would say in my book, I have way too much imagery, similes, metaphors, all related <laughs> to like the bridges in Pittsburgh, the tunnels, like even just the whole, I even just, re- it's like in my first, I think, chapter of my book where I literally just say like, you know, the, you know, navigating through like the landscape of Pittsburgh, like mirrors the twists and turns that life has to offer. Like it really does. Wonderful. Like if, if you can yep. drive in Pittsburgh, you can drive anywhere, basically, is what I tell people. But yes, I mean, there's there's no life. Life gives you curveballs and you never know what's going to be around the bend. It's the same way with Pittsburgh. Oh, that's beautiful. Really, yep. that's fantastic. Do you have any takeaways that you're easy that, that you can think of off the off the top of your head for people who are navigating a difficult time and they're stuck? They're not able to move forward for whatever reason. Maybe they've had too many things happen. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're being triggered to remember old things by whatever's happening currently. So if you have a couple of words of wisdom, I would love to end on that and then to find out where people can connect with you and your wonderful book. Absolutely. So I think one thing I think to really um, share with everyone is, you know, navigating through obstacles and challenges is, you know, not a one and done type of thing. It is that is truly what is life itself. Life is meant to give you challenges uh, when you least expect it. Um, and I think recognizing that uh, it's not just this one time thing and you're done. It's kind of like part of, you know, having the opportunity to live a wonderful life is being able to deal with these challenges. And what I tell people, too, is like obstacles. It doesn't matter whether it's you know, you're stuck in traffic for work one day and like you're running late or you are just been diagnosed with extremely like rare disease, cancer, or have to have extensive surgery, regardless of how extreme obstacles can really only do like two things. They can either stop us in our tracks or they really can force us to get creative and find ways to kind of grow beyond those moments. And I think that, because like you said, it's so easy 
to get stuck. It's so easy to make yourself the victim, to look at it negatively. But when you kind of just do that simple switch, um, it takes practice. It really does. It's, you know, or, and it takes a lot of persistence. But if you do simply just kind of evolve your mindset to view as, you know what, this is going to be a challenging experience, but I'm ready to grow from it. I'm ready to see the positive. I'm wanting to embrace what this next chapter holds for me. By having that mindset, it really does open an infinite, like revolving door of opportunities for you. And I've seen it in my own life, as well as also my friends and family, how it's impacted relationships, their profession, even the person that they married and, you know, like ended up having like, you know, getting married to. Um, It's had just so many positive repercussions. And I think recognizing also that too late that you are not alone in this and seeing other people's stories, I think should also be living proof that, you know, you have the ability within you. Every human being does have the ability to kind of go beyond life's moments. I love that. And it's so important. Like you said, you sharing your story reminds people they're not alone. They may have felt until someone bravely shared their story, they may have felt that they were alone in their own suffering. And it's simply not true. Mm-hmm. And there is support out there and there are some great people to be inspired by. And I'm glad you've been here to share your bits of inspiration. I really am. Now, where can people find you and how can they get a hold of your book? Absolutely. So my book is available um, in ebook and paperback format on Amazon, as well as also Barnes and Noble. Um, and if you want to know, so learn more about other writing projects I'm working on, want to know what my second book is going to be about. Um, I am, um, I post all my articles on Medium, just search for um, Nicole Spindler. And I also am on Instagram. Um, That's probably the easiest social media platform. Um, So my Instagram account for my book is just called Beyond Life's Moments. Okay. Um, So I post any of all updates. If you want to listen to a virtual event, speaking event, you know, follow me on whatever speaking tour I'm doing. Um, that's where you can find everything. Fantastic. And Medium, can you explain just a tiny bit about that? Because not everyone will know what Medium is. Yeah. So Medium, um, which is spelled exactly like the shirt size, typically, um, <laughs> is, that's the easiest way to uh, yeah describe it. But it basically is a really unique um, platform for writers, journalists um, to post kind of like their, you know, stories. Um, and kind of have, you know, you can post multiple publications. Um, so it's kind of like a um, kind of like almost the next best thing to like a website, basically, for people who do write uh, or like a blog. It's kind of like an updated blog. Okay. Um, but yeah, if you just go on w.medium.com, um, you can just search for like Nicole Spindler. And then I have a couple publications I'm working on. So you can read any and all of my articles on there. Fantastic. And I have known a couple of writers who've gotten good book deals or literary agents interested in their work, but because they've been regularly sharing on Medium. So I think it's fantastic you're doing it, but it also allows people access to see what you're doing and how to keep up with you. Correct. Yes. And it also is a really, you know, what's also nice about it too, is it's not a, you know, filled with like news news. Like it's not like the Wall Street Journal or like, (laughs) you know, Chicago like Times. It's really, it's a whole collaborative space for innovative, unique ideas. Um, and it's, yeah, so it's a fantastic platform, nice change of pace, you know, if you want something to read other than just like the typical news too. Right. Fantastic. I cannot thank you enough for being here today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. 
My pleasure. Nicole Spindler, we'll all be looking to see what you write next. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed the show, please follow. And if you've really, really enjoyed it, tell a friend and go ahead and give us a review. I'll see you next week. Proud member of the Podnougan Network.